Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and of course, joining me on a Monday, we'll wrap up the weekend of sports, Jason Cameron. I'm very impressed Jason is joining us tonight because this is his birthday, and he's on the cusp of finishing his job. He's going to be off for a while now. Last day tomorrow, I hear. So uh, excuse him if he be he's drinking throughout the podcast. We fully understand. Uh, I was going to kick you off the podcast if you wore that Russian shirt again, but uh, oh. <laughs> but it's your it's your birthday. You're uh, wearing a nice Ironhead shirt instead of that ugly Russian one, and uh, you joined us on your birthday and on the last day of work. This is a uh, very impressive. You're really putting a big effort in to show up tonight. I sure am. I sure am. And and also, too, hey, the Russian shirt is not that bad. <laughs> that was terrible. Terrible. Cool. terrible. Burn it. Cool. Burn it. Never <laughs> oh wear that thing ever again on this. Come uh-huh. on. <laughs> like, we want to get a huge amount of American viewers. Uh, we're going to lose them. It's, it's almost like wearing a Cuban shirt. You don't want to be uh, <laughs> making our... American viewers really angry here. Come on, don't you got to yeah. think of that? You got to think of that. I, 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 you know what I was actually thinking is that we're global. We're accepting of everybody, uh, but regardless, no. regardless, nobody's <laughs> accepting of Russians these days. Nobody. <laughs> the the planet <laughs> is mad at Russia, so you, you gotta you know read the room. Everybody <laughs> hates Russia right now. Oh yes, yes, Russia. Um. But hey, it, it's it's been a great day for me. Everybody has been sending me like you know texts saying happy birthday and stuff like that. So it, it's 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 been it's been good. It's been a good day. And then I was able to spend it with my best friend this past weekend. We celebrated our birthdays because his was on last Thursday. Mine is today. Nice. We usually do. We usually meet in the middle. Oh, and so funny. I was able to see him, uh, hang out with him and his uh, lovely girlfriend. And uh, yeah, and uh, we watched. The UFC on Saturday during the day, and then we were able to watch some NCAA okay. until until she said, "Can we please watch something else?" <laughs> Will happen. I see. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so she yeah, she kind watched the rest of the night watching the the basketball. Yeah, she most certainly did. Okay. Yeah, she most certainly did. I cannot blame her. I cannot blame her. But. Um, for what we got to see, and then obviously the great UFC, um, it was awesome. It was, it yeah. was a very good Saturday. Did you uh, do anything for St. Patty's Day? No, I, I did not. I went to bed. Yeah. I was actually, it was, it was funny because as the week progressed, I was like, oh, okay, I feel pretty good. But you know how it comes. You know what happens to you. When you know your show is done and you put in all that work and effort and all those hours, mm-hmm. it's almost as if your body begins to start shutting it, shutting it down because right. it knows the end is in sight. That Friday, I I have rarely been that tired. Oh, okay, I was physically exhausted. Yeah, and I and I, and I went to bed early. <laughs> yeah, that happens for sure, man. I know that feeling. It's it's uh, been that way. Uh, yeah, since I've been in film, and uh, yeah, I think you're, you know, you put in such an effort, such an effort every day, every week, and then suddenly your body's like, oh man, when are we ever going to get a break? And when you tell it you're having a break, it it thinks it's it's a week early or two weeks yes. early sometimes, and 
it's you, you drag your butt there the last uh, few days for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I definitely was feeling it. But here's the funny thing. As bad as I think we have it sometimes, ah, oh, some of the departments are way worse than us. Yeah. Way worse. Like, cause like I was talking with um guy that's helping us out with uh, driving the trucks. Uh, so he's in transport. He said, I think it was last week by Wednesday, he had already done well over 40 hours. Oh, Jesus. It was Wednesday. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I, I really don't know how those dudes do it all the time. I don't know how they do it. Like 100 plus hours every week of work. Yeah, I know. That trans- transport's nuts. Uh, PAs yeah. have to put in, you know, 15 hours a day at minimum. And, you know, so many of them are, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we we do have a lot easier than a lot of departments. And and I, I wouldn't like the shooting crew where, the, you know, you're starting different time every day all through the week. It's usually getting... Yeah. Later and later, you get those yeah. fratter days and, yeah. and transport. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the transport guys one hundred hours a week, but that's just gotta burn you out. No, yeah, yeah. Like he, he was basically telling me once his boss said, "Okay, so who's available for once we're, we're done? Like we're done, done, and we have to do the cleanup." He said eighty percent of the guys are like, "Oh no, 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 <laughs> yeah. like, we're done. That's no. it. Yeah. Going home." Yeah, no doubt. That's crazy. Yeah, no. I um, I think my body's uh, shut down uh, all, totally altogether. I think I pulled a hammy going from my bed to the bathroom and back. <laughs> I uh, I didn't leave bed too much the weekend, just watching tons of sports. And uh, my body's just like, oh, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be even up. What are you doing? <laughs> Ham pull, so I'm hobbling back to bed and laying there for another four or five hours. Uh, yeah, I, my body is not in work shape right now. That's for sure. Well, yes, you, you you've been enjoying your time off, and uh, I look forward to being able to join you on said time off. Yeah, yeah so very much looking forward to it now. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, um, St. Patty's Day, we uh, we had tickets for the um, NLL uh, Vancouver Warriors lacrosse, so we got to go down there and see them play the number one team in the league, San Diego, and they had a huge um, crowd out for the um, St. Paddy's Day. Everybody dressed in green, and uh, they had an Irish band there, a bunch of festivities. Uh, it was a fun day out. Oh, nice, nice. Well, you know what? St. Patrick's Day is always a great day. It's always a great day. It's always a lot of fun, and, and there's always a lot of green. Yeah. Tons and tons of green. Tons of green, yeah. Uh, this is a list of the sports that I watched over the weekend. I probably, uh, didn't even make the list complete, but it's, uh, pretty crazy. There was the UFC, uh, as you mentioned, the NCAA watched so much of the March Madness over the weekend, uh, watched some NBA games, watched the World Baseball Classic. And speaking of that, uh, Japan just walked off a victory over Mexico and they'll face uh, USA tomorrow for the final. This has been just an absolutely incredible tournament. Uh, so fun to watch. Baseball's been absolutely amazing. I, I'm shocked at how good it is. It's some of the best baseball I've ever seen in my entire life, and I've been watching baseball since I was a young kid. So, uh, really glad they put on this this amazing tournament. I watched two golf tournaments. I watched uh, Major League Baseball spring training. I watched some XFL. I watched some NHL. 
uh, NBA, F1. Um, oh, my God. It was just a cornucopia of incredible sports. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, very entertained. Oh, it sounds like you were super entertained. That is a lot of hours with a lot of sports <laughs> on a lot of different TVs, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, yesterday we uh, got a nice day out. We went and um, we had this really nice tasting room. They have a brewery out on the uh, farmland of Delta. It's called Barnside. Uh, I might have mentioned that I went there before. And mm -hmm. uh, we went there yesterday. They got th these nice outdoor picnic tables. And um, and then when we finished, uh, we had a few few drinks there. We went to the casino. Uh, they got a brand new casino that's right by the tunnel now on the Delta side of the tunnel. Oh, oh OK. Yeah. I, I didn't even know. All yeah, right. So, yeah, we decided we would go check out the new casino. And and um, there was some entertainment there and a uh, great bar and uh yeah we had uh, we had a fun time joining there so yeah it was an awesome awesome weekend uh, i'm very happy that it got to uh, yeah came together so well and and i yeah i can't wait to break down all the sports that i that we watched um that ufc um uh, it was you you thought okay this is going to be good going in but uh, it turned out to be a really great card there was a few more decisions than I really like, but uh, the decisions were fun because uh, the, the battles were really tight. Um, both guys were not willing to give up, and um, it uh, it turned out to be, um, yeah, one of my favorite cards of the year. Yeah, it was it was a strong card, strong card, and I I do need to say this, I do need to say this. I think once again I was right. I think yeah. I called it right about yeah. what fight would be the fight of the night. Yeah. And I think it was more, more, most certainly, it was the co-main event. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, yeah, you're getting a uh, bang on accurately predicting that week after week, and uh, you you were uh, bragging uh, on on Saturday after that fight ended. I said, "Hey, there's one more fight. Uh, you know, it might not be, but uh, even though the the main event was a great fight, the co-main event was fight of the night according to the UFC and." many observers uh you're right uh man that was a hell of a battle uh rafael fazeev was terrific in that first round but i think he gassed yeah. a little bit in yeah. that second round and gaethje started figuring out how to beat him figuring out to keep him on on distance with his jab a uh, lot of nice leg kicks and a uh, lot of um great movement and uh he took those last two rounds and uh had a very very great victory and uh was but it was exciting those those two guys were super tough and um yeah it was it was very very close fight it was a very close fight those guys swing with so much power yeah. for the entirety of the fight which is in itself amazing for them to be able to do that yeah. um it was just when you saw physio slow down just a bit and that's all gaichi needed yeah. to finally catch him yeah. that was it like it, it's 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 that close when you're at that level yeah it's like if your gas tank runs a little bit low mine's always going to be at the same speed so that means i'm going to catch you now yeah. i'm going to catch you the shots and yeah. that's exactly what happened but i do want to say fiziev's striking speed is something to behold yeah. jesus kidding like it was like watching the video game at times yeah 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 <laughs> he's he was so quick um i think he 
wore himself a little bit out with, after that uh, full output in, in the first round. It seemed like, yeah, you're right. He just slowed down just a titch, but man, yeah, he is, he is super quick and dangerous and they were both uh, throwing for the fences. Gaethje, um, I think that's his 10th uh, fight bonus and uh, he's always in exciting fights. He always takes a lot of abuse, but just gives back as much or more. And uh, yeah, that will be, uh, help helping him uh, maintain a standing way at the top of the lightweight division and uh, give him a shot maybe at at a title shot very soon. Uh, let's talk about the the main event. Um, this is Usman Edwards three. Uh, the Usman Edwards two fight from last year was my favorite fight of the year. One of the favorite fights I've ever had. Just to see Leon Edwards uh, pull victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, his his story uh, when he took the mic and said, you know, do you see me now? Do you see me now? And uh, you know, just the 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 story of him finally reaching the heights and getting the belt. Um, but most people predicted coming into this third fight that uh, Kamaru Usman was going to dominate again and and win this fight. And uh, something changed. Uh, Edwards was the better fighter on this night. Uh, according to the judges, he won four or five rounds, and most most people observing thought the same thing, and um, was able to solidify, defend his belt, and get the victory in front of his hometown fans in the O2 Arena in London. Uh, it was uh, just an incredible moment to see him get that crowning achievement, prove that it wasn't a fluke that he won that last fight, and uh, now as the champion going forward. Yeah, um, there was a lot of like, like Kamaru Usman tried to implement a lot of mental warfare against um, Edwards going into this fight. Didn't work. None of it worked. And I think to maybe you could even argue to a certain uh, uh, to a certain extent, Kamaru was trying to do that to also pump himself up as well, right. knowing that this man has beaten him, right? So he needed an edge over him. Didn't get that edge. No, I thought. The thing that would be the, the the deciding factor in this fight would be, can Kamaru Usman incorporate his grappling like he did in that second fight? He wasn't able to do that. Yeah. He wasn't able to do that. Basically, Edwards had a fantastic game plan and neutralized Kamaru Usman's best weapon, which was his grappling. His counters were effective. He tore up that lead leg with uh, the calf kicks. He went to the body to try to drain his gas tank. He had a great, great, um, he had a great game plan. His coaches came up with a fantastic game plan. Things got a little sketchy, though, when he got that point taken away. Right. But then you didn't know. You're like, oh, oh, that's that's not good. Yeah. But still, in, in, in those championship rounds, those were Edwards' rounds, four and five. Yeah, I thought so, too, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was some dispute about maybe he lost that second round, possibly. And obviously, if he loses the round where he lost the point, it's 10-8 the other way. And uh, one of the judges did score it 47-47. Um, um, but the other judges had it, uh, you know, him winning four rounds to one. It was 49-46, uh, I get or 48-46, sorry, mm -hmm. on both those cards. So uh, I thought... The game plan was incredible by Edwards. I thought the game plan by Usman was really not good at all. Uh, I think that he 
should have just employed most of what he did in that uh, second battle they had because he won that fight four and a half rounds, four rounds and four minutes worth. He was uh, winning. Oh, maybe not the first round, sorry, in, in the second fight, but he yeah. he was dominate. He won, yeah, was winning that fight. If he doesn't get caught with that head kick, if goes to decision, he wins that fight. So I was surprised they employed such a different style and a different tactic. He didn't throw as much as he did. He didn't press the action as much as I've, I've seen him in those first two battles they, they had. Uh, the, the thing, though, that Edwards did brilliantly was constantly ta- attacking the hands. Soon as Usman tried to go for the uh, takedowns, he got his, got his hands wrapped around a leg or trying to do two. Immediately, Edwards grabbed a hand and wasn't able to or was stopping him from getting his hands locked and yeah. stopped the takedowns. That was a really brilliant tactic. He almost threw no headshots in this entire fight. He just attacked the leg, attacked the body, attacked the leg, attacked the body, and was hoping for that opening uh, again to get that head kick in. That that never really uh, materialized, but the, the the damage that he was doing on the legs and the body was significant he landed a few knees as well and uh yeah it was it was incredible to see what te- what the two teams were going to do different and uh you know edwards's camp employed just the perfect style to beat usman and uh get the victory and continue on this championship run yeah yeah like and just the, the cum- cumulative effect of those strikes was wearing down usman yeah so he couldn't incorporate his style and on top of that, I want to say Edwards, his striking efficiency was off the charts. I think he, I think he, he struck him at least sixty percent of the time yeah. whenever he was throwing a strike. And that in itself, that's why Usman couldn't incorporate his plan. He was using his forward pressure, but it it was ineffective. It was ineffective forward pressure because of how well Edwards was countering. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just. Uh, incredible effort. I'm so happy for him, his camp, uh, to see a a Jamaican-born champion uh, solidify it by, by his um, second victory, uh, to be from England, finally a second English champion, and uh, as I said, uh, solidifying it uh, moving forward. It looks like they've uh, already decided that Colby Covington is the guy who's going? He's going to have to defend the belt again. I, I'm really angry with that. I don't want to see Kobe. I don't think he deserves this opportunity and chance. But uh, Dana White said it. They brought Kobe in as the guy that weighed in was going to, you know, join this fight if either one of them had to pull out. Uh, so I think it's a done deal. Unfortunately, unless we see an injury. Here's the thing, though. Um, I was listening to Ariel Hawani had uh, Leon Edwards on. Nice. Um, Edwards doesn't want Colby Covington. Nice. He feels the same way as you. He feels that he doesn't deserve it. He feels that the fact that he didn't he didn't fight, and then that that Dana White privilege is a real thing, and that when he when he went through the same thing that Colby Covington did, he got taken out of the rankings. Guess what? You didn't like that. Nice. And he's got an axe to grind. So he's like, nah, I actually have a say in this. Nice. I'm saying no. Nice. Nice. Glad to hear that. He doesn't get the shot. I loved it. I love the fact that where it's just like, 
Be careful what you wish for, Dana. Sometimes some of these fighters, they remember how you treated them when they were coming up. Yeah. But no, this is it. Yeah, well, that's something that I uh, talked about on the weekend there. Uh, Edwards got passed over a lot uh, during his career. He he should have been the guy getting opportunities, uh, you know, getting uh, title fights. And because he wasn't a jerk like Covington is, he wasn't yeah. getting those shots and he just stayed quiet, uh, just bided his time. And now he is in charge. He can really say, you know, uh, you don't get that right very often in, in the UFC, but I think he's deserved that right. And uh, I'm glad that he's asserting it right now. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely asserting his power. So I, 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 It'll be interesting to see what the UFC does. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a prediction. If he does end up fighting Kobe Covington, that's because the UFC paid for the privilege. Right. They gave him more money. Right. And that, that's the only way that I see that fight actually going down. Yeah. Or Dana White will do the thing where it's like, well, then I'll have an interim champion right away. Because you know he'll do that too. Yeah. That's Uncle Dana for you. That's that's what he likes to do. So. And I, It'll be cool to see what happens, but either way, doesn't matter. Leon, Rocky Edwards, champ once again. Dude is like a real-life Rocky story, man. It's cool to see it play out in real life. It's awesome. Yeah, phenomenal. One of my favorite fighters and uh, favorite moments of last year. Great to see 2023 shaping up great. uh, Gets a huge victory, and he's well-deserved. A really, really humble, great champion. Um, I'm hoping that uh Bilal Muhammad gets the shot uh they were fighting back in 2021 when uh Bilal got an eye poke and uh couldn't continue um it was accidental and uh it just became a no contest um I would love that them to run that back I think Bilal deserves that shot and and uh that'll be a hell of a fight that would be an awesome fight that would be great because we we didn't get any finality in that fight, right? No. We did we we didn't get to see who was the better man. So that great call, great call. I I would love to see that fight. Hopefully it happens. Yeah, happens. I I I think that would be absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, it, it it was so tough when it got called off and they didn't get an opportunity to you know to run it back and. Uh, I didn't get an opportunity to, to fight the whole fight, and I love it if they ran it back. It would be really, really good. Um, the other fights that uh, are a possibility, um, Kamzat Jamayev, uh, you know, one of the UFC's darlings, a guy that um, you know they're really pumping hard to try to get an opportunity. Uh, he was on Twitter quite a bit over the last couple of days. Uh, had a really big beef. Him and Colby Covington, they were saying a lot of really bad stuff back to back and forth to each other. Uh, would be pretty pretty great to see. Um, out of that rest of that list, um, maybe Gilbert Burns, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov uh, is supposed to be fighting, um, and they've talked about uh, Usman probably against Wonderboy next. So uh, Usman will get an opportunity to stay up near the top of the rankings of uh, wonder boy is number seven right now on the rankings, but um, coming off a great win. And uh, you know, one of the top fighters has been for years and years. Well, I, I'll tell you this much. I know what Usman's not going to do. He's not going to incorporate the Kevin Holland strategy of 
oh, I'm just going to do what this guy does best and stand up with him and strike. Yeah, he's not doing that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that definitely not. No. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see what, what shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. That made my day. I was just like, oh, no, I got to hear Kobe. Uh, he was he was a jerk outside the cage. He was a jerk yeah. after. Uh, yeah. He has been a jerk on, you know, this last two days. I've been just like, oh, man, I wish this guy would just go away and, uh, you know, fight somewhere else because, uh, yeah, he makes me sick. I, I don't like him. Nobody does. Uh, he is the biggest heel that uh, is in the UFC. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think he deserves a shot. But here's the thing that, that that makes it so much worse. You get rewarded when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is That's true. why he's doing it. Apparently, uh, like outside of like the public eye, off camera, he, he's not like that. Yeah. This is just a persona of his, apparently. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what some people say. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think it should be real, you know, just be, yeah, still, I know. be real, you know, yeah uh it it was it's now nah, i i just wish he would go away uh enough of about talking about him uh i want to go through the rest of the card but i do want to mention before we forget uh usc announced that anderson the spider silva has been nominated to the usc hall of fame and will be inducted uh international fight week this coming week uh that was a great announcement and well deserved one of the greatest fighters of all time um super decorated career and uh really quickly uh that he's getting his due they're not giving it years and years uh just almost immediately uh putting him in the hall of fame here you know the funny thing is when when i when i heard it obviously it was just a given i kind of thought did it did they take too long I, i'm I'm, not, I'm gonna be honest you think I, yeah. I, I, I like i i thought that that was my immediate thought was did they take too long in announcing the something that's super obvious to any fight fan, any any UFC fan, because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like, you know, like as soon as he retired, she just said, "And you go into the Hall of Fame." <laughs> like, like, yeah, right. Yeah, now, well, most most Hall of Fames, um, you know, in, in it, team it, sports, it, 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 you, you, I think you have to have uh, five years out of the game. Uh, yeah. The only guy in NHL that they ever waived that for, I think, was Gretzky. Um, you know, and, and most of the, uh, I mean, the UFC hall of fame has been weird. It hasn't been, um, you know, something where they wait a certain amount of time. It's just like, ah, huh. What about, what should we do this year? I don't know. What do you think? You know, they don't really have any kind of, um, system. They don't have any kind of idea who gets in, who doesn't, when or where it's just sort of, yeah, just what what Dana and the boys kind of feel like uh, from year to year, you know, it's really weird. I wish they had it more regimented after a certain amount of years, guys get in. You just know that, okay, he retires in 2021. He's getting in by 2023, 2024, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird system that hasn't had any kind of criteria that attached to it. Yeah, it's not standardized. No, and, and maybe maybe they're doing that like completely on purpose. But maybe they they should look back at that and say maybe we should actually make it more standardized. Yeah, you know, like after a couple of years, two three years, then we see who the nominees are to get into the Hall of Fame, and they do it they do it like you know like other professional sports leagues. 
because like they're a professional sport league. So yeah, yeah I think that um, the good thing about a lot of the professional sports leagues that they do it after five years is that they're insured. The guy doesn't retire and come back. Retire. Yeah, true. You know, True. Tom Brady, you know, retired, <laughs> said, see you later, you know, 40 days later, boom, he's back. Brett Favre, I think, retired like four times and came back. And, you know, we, we see it in combat sports. We see it in boxing. How many retirements has most of the top fighters had over the years? You know, I mm-hmm. think it should be a few years after their career. And so you ensure that they are done. They are good. And, you know, they can go off into the stratosphere. Henry Cejudo has been i think he's in and he's coming back and fighting soon you know it's kind of weird that you know you're still fighting and you're in the hall of fame it doesn't doesn't really make sense no no you're you're absolutely right you shouldn't be in the hall of fame and be a current fighter at the same time it's like no that's how good i am i'm already in the hall of fame and i'm still (laughs) fighting (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's no good um your uh anderson Silva's last fight was against uriah hall uh, Halloween night of October 2020. Um, it was his last fight in the UFC. So I guess it's two and a half years now. Uh, I still, you know, kind of thought he was a bit active still because he's doing boxing and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But anyway, yeah, uh, it was a no-brainer. Great to see. Great to see some of those old highlights uh, when he was at his prime. Uh, some of the moves that he could make, some of the incredible uh artistry and martial arts superiority that he had was just uh so far ahead of his time and uh you know during his prime he was unbeatable and just almost untouchable an incredible fighter and um yeah great to see him finally get his due yeah great to see him finally get his due and uh, one one of my favorite highlights of him was when he was pushed by Chael Sonnen and basically pulled a Leon Edwards before Leon Edwards ever did it by locking up that triangle choke and then getting the win. And you're just yeah. like, oh, he's still got it. He's still got it. <laughs> oh, man. That was an excellent win by him. And he's just yeah. been an excellent champion, an excellent representative uh, for the UFC his entire career. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, very, very good. So glad uh, glad he's in and uh, can't wait for the ceremony. I think it's June uh, down in Vegas for International Fight Week. So we will get to see it and uh, yeah, comment on all the details. Uh, okay, why don't we uh, switch now to the welterweight fight between Gunnar Nelson and Brian Bam Bam Barbarina. Uh, Gunnar Nelson ended up getting 50K for um, submission of the night. Uh, had a really great performance. Um, was just, he, that, he was able to secure the first sub in a few years, but um, once, once he got Barbarina down and was able to, uh, work towards getting this, um, uh, arm bar submission, um, yeah, it was a foregone conclusion and proved that he is one of the best grapplers, uh, in the, in, in the UFC. Oh yeah. Like once it went to the ground, it was pretty much game over. Yeah. It was game over for Barbarina. I think he kind of knew it. <laughs> Because Gunner is just that good. He's that smooth on the ground. His transitions were seamless. Wow. Even when he was locking up the arm, Barbarina pretty much knows what's coming and couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it, yeah. Couldn't stop it. So. Yeah. That uh, set a record for the most ever uh, welterweight submissions, uh, breaking a tie with Chris Lytle and Damian Maya. Uh, that was his seventh submission win. And 
he is, um, yeah, he's just lethal and brutal. Uh, once he got to the ground, started throwing elbows and uh, until uh, he saw the opening, uh, secured that arm bar and immediate tap gets the victory uh, just seconds before the round's supposed to end. But um, yeah, huge win. Uh, great to see him. He is transitioning more to the coaching side of things. I don't think we're going to see Gunnar Nelson fight for too many more years. So it is a pleasure getting to see him uh, with his amazing jiu-jitsu game. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing him again soon. Hopefully he fights a few more times this year before he calls it a career. I think he's hanging on up fairly soon. Um, there was talk today about him possibly fighting uh, the winner between Kevin Holland, Santiago Ponzinibbio, which will be great. Either one that comes out of that. Uh, the other names floated about were Michelle Pereira or Muslim Salikov or two potential opponents for him next time. Uh, all great uh, candidates for a fight with Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, I'd look forward to any of those fights. Yeah, totally. I'm looking forward to that uh, Holland-Ponzinibbio fight. I think that'll be a, a heck of a battle. And and uh, yeah, whoever comes out of that victor, why not to face, face uh, Gunnar? Um, okay. Jennifer Maya and Casey O'Neill had a battle in the women's flyweight division. Um, Casey O'Neill uh, has a five-inch reach advantage going in, was really, um, you know, the favorite, uh, undefeated, looking like, uh, you know, one of those girls on the meteoric rise going through this division. Jennifer Maya has had her ups and downs, but, um, wow, I was uh, shocked about Maya how much more experienced she looked how good she looked i think that was one of the best things i've ever uh, best fights i've ever seen her fight and uh she just um really looked fantastic throughout the whole entire 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 match they're, they're I, I was surprised at how outclassed o'neill felt to me yeah. throughout the entirety of that fight totally. it felt like maya was like just in a different league period o'neill kept marching forward to get hit <laughs> like pretty much like a crack yeah it, it just didn't seem like like whatever sort of plan that they had going in was immediately blown up by maya and there was no second or third plan behind it no there was nothing zero was nothing. No, yeah they didn't they didn't change their plan at all and maya just pieced her up everywhere yeah, yeah just Every time O'Neill came close, she just hit her two, three times. Great combinations, so fast. And, uh, yeah, you're right, just thoroughly outclassed. Yeah, and her lateral movement, Maya's lateral movement throughout the entirety of that fight was exceptional. Yeah. Exceptional. So she she was there to hit and not be hit. Uh, complete blowout by Maya. Very, very dominant win. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the fight that kicked off the main card was Marvin Vittori, Roman Delice, a great middleweight battle there. Uh, this was um, two former training partners battling each other, both super tough. Uh, Vittori was better, in my opinion, with uh, straight punches and kicks. Um, Delice just throws too many hooks. He missed too many shots with those hooks. Um, I thought Vittori had a great game plan, was able to get the win. Yeah, because Vittori is more technical than uh, Delice. Delice just tries to bludgeon you to death. Yeah. That, that's what it felt like. Like you just like, like and then so and Vittori, to his credit, was more technical, yeah. and that's where he won. He won off his technique. So if Delice needs to improve on anything, it's probably the technical aspect of his striking. 
that's where he needs to improve upon. He has the power, clearly, right? there, But they both do. So yeah. when you have two rugged guys like that that can take each other's shots, well, then what's going to be the differentiating – what's going to be the differentiating factor? Yeah. It's going to be me. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Bang on. Yeah, I fully agree. And, um, yeah, that was the factor and that was the difference. Uh, Delice is uh, strong, very, very tough, but uh, way too many shots missed and uh, wasn't able to capitalize, get get his shots in there. And Vittori techni- technically was super sound, so got the win. Um, okay, uh, turn to the prelims. The feature fight in the prelims had – Jack Shore uh, moving to featherweight, uh, fighting Mr. Finland, Makwan Amerikani. Amerikani uh, um, looks good in the first round, as usual, and then gasses out in the second round. Uh, this was a familiar case and has been uh, his problem throughout his career. Uh, looked tired. His cardio problems were just exploited by Shore. Uh, Shore was able to get the uh, big submission win and get the victory. Yeah, and and Shore looks good doing it. Yeah, uh, like he he's he's a great hybrid of mixing up his strikes and his grappling. Like he he just does that so well, so seamlessly. And also too, he's got a gas tank that doesn't burn out. Yeah. Not unlike Americani's, where because Americani looked great first round, looked yeah. good. It was close fight, but in that second round, once he came out, you're like ah. Uh, there it is. It, and it showed itself. And Shore knew it. And so he put on the pressure, managed to get him down to the ground finally, and then sink in that rear naked choke. Uh, it was it was almost like writings on the wall, especially yeah. if you're fighting somebody of Shore's caliber. Yeah. That knowing that I'm that well-rounded in every aspect, including my gas tank, yeah, which is well, something that you're lacking in. Yeah, well, his gas tank at 145 is, is uh, I think, a lot better. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the better weight class for him, and he, um, yeah, really proved it. Uh, getting that rear naked choke was uh, lethal, and um, that was his eighth rear naked choke victory in his career. So uh, one of his favorite moves, if not the f- most favorite. Uh, huge win in front of the UK crowd. Um, he was... Uh, he was pretty uh, excited about things and um, he talked about uh, his family um, being there, just beating cancer. I think it was his, uh, I think it was his father that he was talking about. Yeah. So um, yeah, another uh, thing that he was fighting for and uh, yeah, very great big victory in front of the hometown crowd. Uh, good on him. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, what else do we want to focus on? Um, I know well, that you want to talk about the uh, Makayev Filio fight. Oh, uh, why do. don't we uh, switch down to that one? Okay. Uh, this was uh, this was a pretty crazy fight. Um, I do want to mention that um, I have yet to watch it for the second time, but I plan to. Uh, I didn't get a chance today, but uh, Filio says that Makayev tapped three times, three different moments in the fight, and he is protesting the fight. He said that uh, he deserves the victory. The referee never jumped in. Herb Dean did not jump in and stop the fight. Three separate occasions, he said that uh, Makayev tapped. I got to see this for myself. I didn't see that. Uh, But uh, I think we all would have tapped 
to the oh, yeah. bar that oh, yeah. Emilio had wrapped around him, and uh, he blew out his knee. Still got oh. the victory because the fight was on the ground. He ended up reversing it, getting a rear naked choke and getting the victory, or or more of a face crank kind of a choke, yeah. and uh, got the win. Um, you mentioned to me just before we started the podcast that uh, you would have tapped for sure because, man, uh, that was one of the brutal knee bars that most brutal knee bars that we've seen, and uh, we know the damage was done to it. And uh, the the rehab's going to take a while to recover from. And 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 we were also talking before we went on. Was it worth it? Was I like honestly? I have to ask. Was the win worth it right. for the amount of damage and injury you've now done to that leg, and the amount of rehab and and exercise you're going to have to put in to try to get back into the octagon? You're, he's probably going to be out for at least. Most of a year, like yeah. eight months. Yeah, I would say. Rest, rest year, probably, yeah, and probably not fighting again in twenty twenty three. Exactly right. Like when you saw the severe, like angle that that thing, his leg was bent back. Yeah, that's not, it's not supposed to bend that way. It's not supposed to. It's definitely not supposed to bend that far back. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I couldn't believe that he had not that he wasn't tapped. That was the one thing that I'm looking at. I remember seeing it, the fight. So I think what Filio was getting at is that when he was on his side, right, and and he had the knee bar locked in, he thinks he was tapping where it was underneath the bodies. Okay. Right? That's the way, that's the only thing I can imagine. That's why the ref didn't see it. Because he didn't tap up top. He no. tapped underneath. Underneath, yeah. And, yeah. But I didn't see it either. I remember that fight quite clearly because I remember thinking to myself, that's probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Why is this guy not taking tap? Yeah, that's what I remember thinking. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's tough when you're in there. You want to get your win bonus. You want to, uh, you know, make sure you can you can win a fight. Uh, this was going down to the last, you know, uh, minute of the fight, and uh, you know, I know he didn't want to uh, give up. Um, do you do you say he's more tough than smart, or uh, what? Uh, what would you say? Uh, when you're in the moment, do you think uh, you're? Th what are you thinking in that moment? What's uh, what's going through his brain? Okay, well, for me, if I was in that moment, granted, I'm not a fighter, but I would probably be thinking of, he's got it. If I don't tap, I can't fight for eight to nine months or make any money. I'd rather make money. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I would think. Yeah. I'd do a cost benefit analysis very quickly in my head and say. I could tough it out, you tough guy. But if I did, but like, if the fight had gone any other way, remember what you said? If the fight had gone back up to standing on the feet and striking, well, the fight's over. Done. That guy's going to collapse and it's, it's over. You just have to take a leg once and done. it's done. So, so you have to keep that in mind. He got lucky with the fact that he didn't get back to his feet. Oh, yeah. he, he was dope for Very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to the feet. He can't stand. He, once he got the victory, he you, he couldn't put any weight on that leg. He was yeah. very compromised. Uh, he was in pain, and and he had to be helped out of the octagon back to the locker room because yeah, he couldn't he couldn't use that knee and will not be able to for a while. It was um, super damaging and uh, tough. You know, these guys are the toughest people on the planet. Um, 
good for him that he got the win, but uh, hopefully it's not at a huge, huge sacrifice and loss, and hopefully it's not some long-term permanent damage. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess only time will tell. Because uh, I, 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 I'm very curious to hear what kind of injuries he sustained to that knee. Because yeah. you know there, there's significant damage to it. Significant. Oh, big time, yeah. Huge damage. <clears throat> tough, tough, tough. Um, okay, uh, any other fights that you want to mention? Um, I do want to talk about Jake Hadley. Uh, he got the KO victory over Malcolm X Gordon. Um, Gordon uh, did not make weight. He was told he had to stop. Uh, this is a Canadian guy from Calgary. Uh, he, he was told he had to stop his weight cut on Friday night. Uh, he was having some kidney troubles, some liver problems, and uh, he missed weight by three and a half pounds. Um, I think that Jake Hadley uh, took advantage of that. Uh, kicked him in the body, and uh, those kicks were super damaging. Uh, Malcolm could not could not take him. Uh, hit the canvas, and and the fight was over. Well, <laughs> it's smart because it's like, oh no, no, you've already done that damage to yourself. I'm just gonna add a little bit more to it. That's it. Yeah. That's all he did. It's like, no, you already damaged yourself. I'm just gonna kick you where you already damaged yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tough, tough for for him. Uh, obviously, um, yeah, it was weird. I was hearing that pieces of his liver were coming out in his urine when he he was going to the washroom. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously that's good that the uh, doctors and the commission jump in and say that's it. Uh, we don't want your liver to be uh, in in the toilet instead of in your body. So. <laughs> they uh, said it was done. Hadley ended up getting 50k, one of the um, performance bonuses for it. And uh, yeah, hopefully Malcolm realizes that flyweight might not be his weight class anymore. Has to move up. I think if you're losing pieces of your own liver during weight cuts, it's time to move up. <laughs> I, I I don't think there's any clearer indication than that. <laughs> Nothing. No, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Obviously, uh, that's a very, very telltale sign that it's time to not cut so much weight going into going into some USC fights for you. Yeah. So uh, any other fights that you want to mention um, on the cart? Uh, uh, only one last one, okay. which was the lightweight battle between Sam Patterson and, Yen and Yanel Oshmov. Oshmuz. Ashmuz? I'm going to go with Ashmuz. Um, just missing the height discrepancy between the two fighters. Yeah, I have no idea how Patterson at six foot three fights at lightweight. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know how you do that. But the fact that that dude Ashmoos knocked him out, it was just it, this. The visual was just so super jarring. Yeah, like, like it was just like ah, oh. <laughs> it was a quick fight. It was over, and I got to give it to Ashmoos. He figured out a way to get within that reach. And shut that man's lights out right quick. Yeah, yeah. He he uh, bit his time a little bit yeah, and waited yeah. for the opportunity. Uh, there was a 10-inch reach advantage for Patterson. And uh, so you're thinking, wow, like, how's the other guy going to get in and land anything? But once he did, 
landed that shot, knocked Patterson down, uh, threw a ton of shots while he was on the ground and got the knockout. Uh, Patterson was still fighting for the next five minutes, fighting the referee, fighting the officials, wouldn't, didn't know where he was, was, uh, finally had to, his corner had to convince him that he was done. He wasn't fighting anymore. Uh, it was a, it was a knockout that, uh, really scrambled him for a while because, uh, he, he was grabbing on to the ref and trying (laughs) to get going with him. And and that was minutes later. Uh, he he just couldn't figure out uh, what had happened. Well, yeah, because, well, I, I think it was Mark Goddard. Mark Adard was uh, the referee for yeah, that battle. Right. Yeah. I think I think he gave him a little too much rope on that yeah. one. Yeah. When they was doing the ground and pound and it was vicious and he was bouncing his head off the canvas, I probably would have stopped the fight a little bit sooner. Right. Because then it would have prevented Patterson from trying to fight his own people for the next 10 minutes after the fight is done. So that that's me though. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh yeah, he was definitely scrambled because he just continued to try to fight everybody there and good on him, uh good fighting style, but uh yeah, <laughs> make sure you just fight your opponent, not everybody else in the cage after. Uh this was um yeah, this was a pretty pretty amazing performance by uh the Red Fox, uh you know, Ashmoos and uh seven and all from Israel. Uh, never knew too much about him going into this one, but yeah, great performance and and very big win. Yeah, huge win by him and uh, a quick win as well. So yeah, didn't take much damage. So yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, why don't we turn to the uh, UFC uh, Vera versus Sanhagen fight it takes place next weekend. It's an early fight. Uh, prelims start at one o'clock Pacific, uh, four o'clock Eastern. And main cards, 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern. Earlier card taking place from, I uh, believe it's, uh, where? oh, I, I saw saw it earlier, but where is that fight, fight from? Um, It's not Vegas. No, it's not look. Vegas. I'll have to look. But anyway, yeah. uh, tell me about what you think with uh, Marlon Vera, Marlon Chito Vera, and Corey Sanhagen. This should be a heck of a battle. Should be a heck of a battle. They're going to fight in every aspect, in grappling, in striking. Um, I, 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 I want to say, I think these guys are pretty close in everything. Like, I, I think they're pretty close in everything. Um, I think Vera just has a certain level of nastiness to his game, if there's such a thing that I can say. I, he has that level to him um, that Sandhagen's going to have to match somehow, some way. Yeah. Um. And I and I think that that could be the difference right there because, um, style like like quality wise, these guys are exceptionally close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. I think it's a great matchup by the matchmakers, and it should be amazing. Yeah. This from the AT and T Center in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I knew that it wasn't uh, Vegas, which it normally has been for these fight nights, but. Glad they're getting out. And uh, San Antonio, great city. Love that place. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see the the crowd fully coming out. I'm sure there'll be some Texan fighters on the card, and uh, it'll be great. Um, the co-main event uh, has one of the legends in the female uh, fighting uh, women's bantamweight fight between Holly Holm and Yana Kunitskaya. 
uh, Yana, her last name is Santos now. She just recently got married, but um, they're both 14 and 6, evenly matched. Uh, should be a great, great battle between two tough ladies. Yeah, I, I think I, I imagine that Holly Holm will use her movement to her advantage uh, to try to wear down uh, Kunitskaya. Uh, it's it's going to be a great fight. And it's going to be nice to see Holly Holm back in the octagon. Haven't seen her for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Okay, what's your prediction for fight of the night? Let's see if you can go on a streak predicting it uh, correctly week after week after week. See, see if we can go on the streak rest of the year. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, looking at the prelims. You know what? I'm going to go with the main event. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the main event. I'm going to go with uh, Marlon Chito Vera and Corey Sandhagen, because there's a lot on the line between these two. Um, literally, I would say in contention for a title shot, yeah. like maybe one more fight between one of them or whatever, but it's, it's right there for the taking for both yeah. of these men. So, they're going to be coming out with uh, something to prove, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I started looking at this fight, and I saw yeah. so, so many featherweight fights, so many flyweight mm-hmm. fights. Uh, there's, you know, there is. Uh, yeah, it just didn't look like there was something that jumped out as, uh-huh. like, you know, holy cow, anything that but the main event. So, uh, yeah. good call. I wish I had another one to save, but... Um, I think you're 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 going to be bang on or uh, all right, and that is that what four weeks in a row, uh, at least three. That I, that's something like three or four. I've I've been, I've been on a heater, so yeah. hopefully I can continue it. Hopefully you can continue. It. Yeah, uh, we're just a few weeks away from UFC two eighty seven. Uh, this one is uh, Alex Pereira Adesanya four. Uh, UFC two, but four matches they've fought, and uh, Pereira has won all three two knockouts and one decision victory over Adesanya. Uh, this was one of those ones just like Edwards Usman, where Adesanya is winning this fight until the very end. Pereira pulls out an incredible knockout victory and, and gets the, the belt. Um, this will be interesting to see what changes happen between these two guys and uh, what ha- what takes place in um, their battle uh, after Adesanya lost last time. You know what I think Adesanya needs to do? I think Adesanya needs to incorporate what Edwards did to Usman. Go to the body and forget about the head. Yeah. Try to wear down this man's gas tank because I know this for a fact, Pereira cuts – an insane amount of weight. Yeah, he's a big man. Yeah, he's a big man. Yeah. So, it, so he's cutting that much weight to get, like you know, to get uh, the size advantage and the strength advantage against Adesanya. So Adesanya has to use that against him and just start beating his body. Yeah. And I think he should focus on beating that man's body for the entirety. Of- Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think it could be very big dividends going into the championship rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I agree. Yeah. It would be smart for Adesanya to employ that type of tactic. And uh, yeah, uh, it's five round fight. So if you can wear him down and uh, he might give you an advantage there too. So uh, I'm looking forward to the co-main there. Burns and Masvidal to Warriors. Incredible. Uh, the bantamweight fight between Font and Yanez should be great. I already mentioned the Holland Ponzinibbio fight 
that will be uh, maybe Bye. fight tonight. Uh, those two yeah. guys will go to battle incredibly well. Uh, we get to see Gastelum, Chris Curtis. We get to see Michael Chiesa against the Leech, Li Jing Liang. Uh, Karate Hottie's back. Uh, Chris Barnett and Chase Sherman. Uh, good heavyweight battle. Um, tons of great fights on this card. Uh, we're just a few weeks away from it. Yeah, yeah, this is a another strong pay-per-view card. Like, very, very strong pay-per-view card. I, I am definitely looking forward to seeing this one. It's going to be a great one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cannot wait. Um, okay, that's the USC story for now. Uh, why don't we turn to... Uh, why don't we actually talk about the NCAA March Madness that has taken place uh, starting last Thursday. I was able to catch a couple of days before you were off of work, and you got to see a little bit on this weekend. But uh, this has been an uh, incredible tournament. Uh, we saw a number one get knocked off by a number 16 for only the second time in history. The records are 250 in those matchups uh, ever since that's been employed. Uh, we see a number 15 all the way into the third round. Uh, as Cinderella Princeton still alive, number 15. And, uh, yeah, a lot of amazing upsets, a lot of really good battles, a hell of a tournament already. It's been one of my favorites uh, ever to witness. Yeah, it, it's it's been fantastic. And then I believe you had even like a number 13 beat a number four in Furman. Um, yeah, it, it's it's always exciting to see. Uh, these tournaments because you just never know what to expect and especially now because of the way the nba works with the draft players don't stay in schools like they used to yeah. so you don't have these nba players that are getting, like that are like in their senior years of three and four years they're one and done yeah. and so that's what gives these other schools the opportunity to beat these teams because like they, they yeah. just they don't just don't have that those seniors aren't there like they normally would have been back in the yeah. day. You're, yeah, you're you're so right with it. Um, yeah, the, these big schools are attracting these top talent from around the nation. They're coming in. They're either doing one or one and done or two years, and they're there. They're they're gone. Uh, it's very hard to keep uh, a team together. Have seniors that make it. You know, your top guys are usually gone. Um, this is. The only the second Sweet 16 without Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky in it. Uh, wow. The first 45 tournaments that they had, uh, they only had those four teams altogether missing in one year only happened twice. This has happened twice in the last three years for this tournament, um, 2021 and 2023. It happened without those four powerhouses there. Uh, we saw two number ones get knocked off in the first two rounds. Kansas and Purdue are both out. Two number two seeds getting knocked out in Arizona and Marquette. Um, just crazy. Uh, they call it March Madness, and it is madness. It is pretty amazing, though, when you're watching a school that's uh, you know so small against the team that's you know got guys – uh, that Purdue Purdue game, they got a seven foot four Canadian guy in yeah. the middle, and uh, they somehow uh, beat the guy. He was he was phenomenal, but the other team, the rest of his team, just wasn't able to 
hold off, uh, <laughs> hold them off. And, and uh, yeah, it was a massive upset, huge victory. And uh, it makes it more fun, I think. I, I love upsets. I love how it just, you just never know. Uh, there was something like 20 million brackets um, done. And uh, there has, there's no, nobody has a bracket left that can win it. Uh, predict every single uh, game correctly. And uh, I think it was after the first two days, there were down to like 17 brackets still had a chance after the first two days. And then a day later, that's it. Not one person can accurately predict this tournament. That's pretty incredible. Well, of course. It, it, <laughs> who who could predict that? Like, like with, with so many number ones that are gone, your number twos are gone. And, and then also to... Just having the wild card of Princeton all of a sudden is in the Sweet 16. Like, no, man, you're not going to get that right. You're yeah. just you're not going to get it. Can't do uh, it. And, but that's the beauty of the madness of March. That That's yeah. that's the beauty of March Madness, man. You yeah. just don't know what to expect. Uh, I do have to say that Alabama and Houston, both number one seeds, still in it, uh, still have a really good shot at, at taking it all and going far. Uh, we will see. Um, the games don't kick back in until – Thursday, um, Kansas State, number three, plays number seven, Michigan State. I'm predicting Michigan State wins this. Tom Izzo and that Michigan State Spartans, they are phenomenal in this tournament. Uh, even though they're seventh seed, they had a little bit of a down year. Uh, I, I expect them to play Kansas State great and probably win. Uh, the, the coaching uh, that Izzo is able to uh, employ and, and figure out is just absolutely undeniably fantastic and it'll be great to see. So we got that game Thursday. We got UConn number four playing number eight, Arkansas. Number four, Tennessee plays number nine, Florida Atlantic. And then we have uh, the team from just south of us, Gonzaga. Uh, they had a great win over TCU last night, 84-81. Uh, they play the number two seed UCLA on Thursday night. Uh, looking forward to that. And then the Friday games... I mentioned Alabama. They're the number one seed going up against number five, San Diego State. That's the first game of Friday. Second game of Friday is number one, Houston, playing number five, Miami, Florida. Then number six, Creighton, another one of those underdogs that's still playing. They're number six, playing Cinderella, Princeton, number 15. And then the last game of Friday is Texas, number two, playing number three, Xavier. Um, so yeah, we're going to see some great games on Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, we'll have the elite eight. And then the following week we'll have the final four and the championship game. So yeah. Awesome. I can't believe, uh, all the great games and, and, uh, it's just incredible when you just can never count out anybody in this tournament, you make it in the top 64, you really have a legitimate shot to take it all. It's an, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome to see, and it's 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 great to see now because of like I said before how the NBA draft is and stuff. There's parity. Yeah, any any team really has a shot. Yeah, and like they they all have a shot. Like if they if if one of their best players or a couple of their best players can get hot at the right time, all of a sudden they got a chance. Yeah, when you have single, when you have single knockout, it's uh, yeah, it's so amazing. Uh, you know, it just uh, you, you know, if if teams play series, you you can guarantee, oh, this team's beating this team if they're playing five game series, seven game series. 
but single elimination, just, you know, one guy has an off day, the other guys play above their heads, and uh, boom, they, they get the, the win. You uh, you texted me over the weekend. You had watched a little bit of the Iona-UConn game, and Iona was given uh, UConn tons of trouble, and you said, oh, you had forgot that Rick Pitino was there. And uh, I said, yeah, unfortunately, he's kind of um, been banned from all the top schools because of some controversial things that have happened to him. Well, guess what? Guess what? He right. got signed to a six-year deal today with Louisville. He's going back to one of the top schools, trying to take them back to the elite status that they had years ago. A six-year contract for Patino leaving Iona. Well, good for him. Good for him. I'm I'm sure it was done under the directive of you can't you can't be trying to buy like players anymore. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. But hey, it, he's one of the best to ever do it. Mm. Um, I don't know if the state's gonna. I don't know if there's a college co uh, coaches Hall of Fame, but he should be in it yeah. because I think he's one of what did they say three or four coaches that have brought five different schools to the dance. Amazing. Five. Amazing. That's yeah. freaking amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. They've changed a lot of the rules now, and a lot of the things that he got in trouble for are legal now. So oh, you know, yeah, there yeah. shouldn't be much that he gets in trouble. I'm sure, he'll be on his best behavior, and and uh, great to see him back at a at a top school. Uh, even though he did take Iona to the to the March Madness tournament. So, uh, and then uh, another announcement today: Ed Cooley is leaving Providence. And he's taking over from Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. Uh, be great to see him. Uh, Patrick Ewing was, I think, a little bit over his head, unfortunately, there. And uh, Georgetown had a really, really terrible last couple of years. I think Cooley will be able to come in there and do a great job. And Georgetown will be uh, one of those top schools uh, in the next coming years. Yeah. You know what? Being a great NBA player, Hall of Famer, doesn't necessarily translate to you also being a great coach. Yeah. And, and I and I think that was what was happening with uh, Mr. Ewing. Um, hey, he, he still was one of the best centers that I've ever seen play. But when it comes to coaching, like, you know, your your future, uh, future kids, like the kids hopefully trying to get into NBA, maybe kind of like in yeah. that regard. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's the college football or college basketball uh, word uh, for the week, and uh, looking forward to more March Madness starting Thursday. Uh, okay, let's turn to the NBA. Only three weeks left in the NBA regular season. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, a lot of things are getting sorted out, uh, but uh, there's still some really intriguing matchups. Uh, trying to teams trying to get into playoff positions, trying to get into the play-in games. Uh, it's going to be uh, an awesome three weeks. Can't wait. Um, I want to mention, uh, I want to mention off the top, I watched the Sixers-Bulls game this afternoon. Uh, the Bulls ended up pulling out the victory over the Sixers, snapping their eight-game winning streak. It was in double overtime today. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, fouled out in double overtime, but he put up, 37 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, that was his ninth straight game with uh, 30 points and uh, at least 10 rebounds. Uh, Philly has been 
absolutely so great lately. As I said, they snapped their eight-game winning streak, but um, last week, uh, you know, going up and up and up. They're going up the standings, and and suddenly uh, Embiid is now the front runner to win the MVP after Nikola Jokic almost all season has been the favorite. Uh, great to see Embiid really putting the team on his back and uh, really getting an opportunity to take this team to heights that Philly hasn't seen for a long time. Yeah, uh, and Embiid has taken the responsibility to to do that, like to take this team to greater heights. And he's got a, he's got the players around him. Harden's been playing very well. Tyrese Maxey has sacrificed playing time to make sure that the team has a cohesive unit out there. Yeah. And and when you have a young man that's willing to do that for the team, put the team before himself, well, you got yourself a winner. You yeah. really do. You yeah. got yourself a winner. Uh, for the second week in a row, the same two players got player of the week in the NBA, Embiid in the East. Uh, he led Philly to a 3-0 and record, 35 points, 12.7 rebounds, and three and a half blocks. Um, that is, today was his 11th straight 30-point game, uh, eighth consecutive game, 30 points, uh, at least 55% field goal percentage. That's an NBA record. And in the Western Conference Player of the Week, second week in a row, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, he led Sacramento to a 3-1 and record. Uh, Sacramento's moved up to second place in the West, just like Philly is in the East. Uh, he had 22.8 points per game, 16 rebounds and 10 assists. And uh, his weekend was, or his week was highlighted by a 24.21 rebound game against Brooklyn. That's his fourth 20.20 rebound game of the year. And Kings are the hottest team since the All-Star break. 11 wins, two losses, and uh, just playing some really super dominant basketball. Yeah, and, and just... Uh... <laughs> The Kings have some offensive wizardry that a lot of other teams find hard to match. Yeah, uh, they can score the ball. The the Kings can most certainly score the ball. Uh, they they have a great roster construction, and uh, you have to give Mike Brown a ton of credit for getting that team together and getting them play as hard and as well as they have all season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Kings did lose tonight, shockingly, against the Utah Jazz, one twenty eight, one twenty. Uh, Sabonis was one assist shy of a triple double, uh, and um, yeah, I, I Jazz Jazz are fighting for a play-in game, uh, really playing you know as well as they can, and uh, I can't believe how much they're spreading the scoring out. They had double figures from eight guys tonight. Eight different guys had uh, double-digit points. So um, yeah, this is a full-on team. It's not just five guys that are are getting the victory, uh, they're able to spread it out. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, the Jazz have that kind of roster where they need all of their guys to score. It's a, it's, they don't – they have the superstar in Laurie Markin and he had a breakout year this year, but they, they, kind, they kind of need more guys to score for them to win, for them yeah. to be successful. Markkinen's hurt right now, so they can't uh, rely on him right now. Yeah, so he he's out. Uh, I mentioned that Chicago and uh, Philly played tonight. They also have a rematch on Wednesday. So that'll be great to see uh, what adjustments and changes will be done there. Um, the other games to mention tonight, uh, T-Wolves 
shocked the Knicks, who are on a four-game winning streak. Uh, Timberwolves, 140. Knicks, 134. Um, 35 points from Torian Prince was uh, quite the shock tonight and uh, led the Wolves to the victory. Uh, Jalen Brunson had a good game, 23 points, 10 assists. Uh, Julius Randle was the star of the night, though. 57 points he put up tonight in 37 minutes. So uh, he did all he could, but 140, 134, high score. Yeah, uh, very high score. Not a lot of defense, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a great win by by the by the Wolves. Actually, surprising win by the Wolves. Beating yeah. like a pretty hot uh, Knicks team so far. Very good. Um, Warriors finally got a uh, road victory tonight. Uh, they have been just terrible on the road. Uh, seven and twenty-nine going in tonight. Uh, on the road, twenty-nine and seven at home. Uh, but it was against the lowly Houston Rockets, uh, who only have eighteen victories and fifty-four losses. So, uh, nothing to celebrate too much yet. But uh, Curry got thirty. Thompson got Clay Thompson got 29 and the Warriors are uh, finally ended there. I believe it was a nine game losing streak on the road. Yeah. That, it's, oh man. They are so abysmal on the road. It, it, it's, it's like, it is literally night and day at home. We are, we are awesome away from home. We are abysmal. So uh, it's, it's good to see that, uh, that they, they got the road win and, but when you look at the Western Conference standings, the Warriors are in six, in yeah. sixth place. So it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, just because they have such a great home record. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Dallas Mavericks tonight, 112-108. Uh, Kyrie Irving had 28 for the Mavs, but no Luka Doncic still. He's, uh, I think he's missed five games, and I'm not sure exactly when he's coming back. It's such a massive loss. When they don't have him in there, and they're they're fighting for their lives, trying to uh, keep in the mix too. It's um it's going to be tough if he doesn't come back soon. Yeah, it's going to be very tough, and also too, the Mavericks are just looking to outscore people now because they just don't have the defense. They they don't. Yeah, yeah, they don't exactly. Yeah, uh, the, you mentioned the Warriors sit in sixth place. Uh, they they are only two games up on 12th place uh that's where the pelicans are so there's two games that separate sixth from 12th so you know we cannot count any of these teams in any of these positions this could all be completely changed uh, within a week within a few weeks uh three weeks to go uh can you believe how jammed it up uh, jammed up it is between sixth and 12th two games separate those six seven teams yeah, two two games and then four games between four and twelve, which is ridiculous. Like it is the Western Conference is pretty tight. It's yeah. pretty tight compared to the East. So uh it, it's but it's exciting because uh, you know, if you're a fan of NBA and you're a fan of some of these teams, you're like, Oh, all right, our team still got a chance. Yeah, still got a chance to make the play in game or wherever, or to move up through the standings. Because as you said, three weeks left. Yeah. Um, Trailblazers, six losses in a row. What has happened to Portland? Uh, just falling off the map and looking like they're not even going to make the play in. It's a shame because Damian Lillard has been so good this year. 
he's been he's been he's been exceptional. So ah uh, again the Trailblazers need to do something for that guy. Yeah. Uh with with the loyalty that he's shown to the team, with how good he's been for so long, that something needs to change. They yeah. need to get it right somehow, some way. Um, so they, they need to start working towards that goal so that they give this guy a team around him that has a chance to possibly win a ring. They gotta do it. Yeah, they gotta do it. Um, yesterday the Grizzlies, uh, no, sorry, the Bucks played the Raptors, uh, got a big victory over the Raptors, 118-111. Uh, Antetokounmpo got what's called a perfect triple-double. It's only happened 13 times in the history of the NBA where a guy, uh, shoots perfect 100% from the field and gets a triple-double. He had... 22 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, went nine for nine from the field. Um, it's pretty pretty cool that, you know, that's another thing that he's joined some of the elite players in the league and uh, showing his superiority. Bucks are two and a half, three games up on the, the rest of the conference and uh, still trying to keep that number one seed heading into the playoffs. I wonder if one of his teammates said, Giannis, Stop shooting. <laughs> don't shoot anymore. You got a perfect triple double perfect. here. Yeah. Just don't, leave don't it. Could have been, yeah. <laughs> been, yeah. He was I watched I watched a lot of that game and uh he was definitely being pass first guy. Uh they were trying to double and, and sometimes triple team him, so he was doing the right thing, but um yeah, it was a, a great performance. And um, yeah, they probably were like, "Hi, oh, you got this perfect game. Don't don't blow it. <laughs> Join this elite company." Um, also, a historic game for him. Uh, he played in his 712th game as a Buck, and that's the most by ever by one player in franchise history. Um, passing uh, some elite talent there, and um, really being uh, super loyal to another small market team, like we mentioned, this Damian Lillard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard this, but on one of the interviews for some show or something, Giannis threw a little bit of shade at uh, Kevin Durant. Okay. Said, hey, if, if you want to know, want to learn how to win with the team that brought you into the league, call me. I'll show you how. <laughs> nice. I love yeah. it. Wow. I, I, I thought it was pretty funny because I'm like, Giannis usually doesn't say anything about anybody. No. But that was like, oh, that's, that's pretty wow. good. Okay. Getting into the trash talk game a little bit. Is he? Yeah, lo- lo- just a little bit. Just wow. a little That's awesome. Um, okay, I mentioned the Raptors lost to the Bucks. Uh, unfortunately, Scotty Barnes had to leave the game. <clears throat> he had a wrist injury. Not too many details emerged today except that the x-rays were negative. And they're going to do some further tests. He went uh, to Toronto to the doctors to check it out. Um, and then OG Ananobi is chasing down an, a franchise three-point record that he owns. Um, he has shot 50% or better on his three-point attempts in seven consecutive games. He owns the franchise record of eight set a couple of years ago, 2021. Um, more than 50% from three. You want to have that guy on the floor shooting the ball. Uh, pretty pretty great record that he's chasing down and uh, becoming one of those super valuable guys uh, in the NBA when you can get more than 50% from three. Uh, why wouldn't you always want him on the floor? 
well, you become an invaluable piece because you're a knockdown shooter. Can't leave him open. You leave him open, he's hitting that shot. So that that's that's great that he's developed his game to that point where now he can go on stretches of shooting above fifty percent. That's that's impressive. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with with his run lately and and what he's doing. He's been awesome. Um, yeah, three weeks to go. Uh, can't wait till a lot of these playoff matchups emerge. Um, yeah, right now the Raptors sit in ninth. Bulls in 10th, Wizards in 11th, uh, Heat and Hawks in 7th and 8th. So it looks like a uh, good chance that uh, we've got a, we've got playing games uh, between the Heat, Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls. Uh, there are two games separating the Wizards from the Bulls, and uh, there's, oh, there's just a game separating the Nets from the Heat. Nets, uh, once they lost, they lost Kyrie and KD, uh, they haven't been playing too great. They've lost three in a row and only five and five in their last 10. So they could drop down and one of those other teams could move up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately, now that the Nets don't have those superstars anymore, they're, they're going to continue to plummet down in those standings. Yeah. And at the top, it looks incredible. Uh, I think the 76ers and Celtics have a real good shot at chasing down the Bucs, uh, especially 76ers playing so great lately. And oh, they uh, they were they had won eight in a row to really get up there and uh, give themselves a shot. They're only three games back. Yeah, I think it's going to be a three horse race, obviously, in the Eastern Conference between those top three teams. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, okay, a couple NFL notes I really want to mention. Um, let's let's talk about uh, some of the deals that have been made over the last few days. Uh, free agent frenzy is still in full force, and uh, some of the, the things that are happening are pretty, pretty great. Um, Cowboys uh, were able to pick up Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. Um, they will only have to pay twelve million out of his eighteen million salary. Houston's going to pick up six million of that, uh, and they also picked up a fifth round pick in this year's draft and a sixth round pick in next year's draft. I'm shocked when I I see these top receivers like that. Uh, six-time thousand-yard receiver, top receiver for Houston last year, only getting a fifth and sixth rounder. That's weird, isn't it? It's almost like like they're devalued. You know what I mean? Like like they're not. There's no value there, but there's there's plenty of value there. Like and also too, there's consistency there as well. So I I don't I don't really get it. I don't really get it. And obviously, there's value because. The man's making eighteen million dollars a year. That's that's not chump change. That's that's real money. So, yeah. Well, I think it's a smart move for Dallas. Uh, they're getting a piece to go with C.D. Lamb. He'll probably slot into the number two spot. Gallup will be number three receiver there. Uh, they've made a lot of moves in this offseason, and uh, I think this is a no-brainer bringing in a guy, the veteran that's uh, you know being able to prove. Prove his worth, uh, you know, for many years. Uh, I think nine seasons in the NFL now, and um, yeah, he's been a very reliable guy. Yeah, he's been a very reliable guy. Like the Cowboys did actually have a receiver of that caliber, and they let him walk Amari Cooper. So yeah, I understand that. But anyways, uh, yeah, uh, this should do them well for their offense. Very good. Um, okay, uh, CJ. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson uh, goes to Detroit. 
Um, I was quite shocked that the Eagles weren't able to come to terms with their safety. And uh, that secondary now in Detroit looks incredible. The corners that they've signed in the offseason, Emmanuel Mosley, C.J. Moore, and uh, – a uh, couple other, a couple other guys. They they are really addressing the needs they had in Detroit, and and I think what the, all the moves that uh, Detroit's made with great offense last year, a lot on the defense in this free agent period. I think look out, uh, Detroit's going to be great this coming season. They needed to address a couple things, especially on the defense, and now they're addressing them. And uh, yeah, I I said it two years ago. Watch out for this team. They're steadily just going to keep getting better, and they are. They are. I think they're good. I think this year, this season coming up, they're going to be a force. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Um, Jimmy G finally uh, signed his deal with the Raiders. Uh, how do you think he's going to do there? Well, he's a winner. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the one thing that we know about Jimmy G. He doesn't look flashy, but he does win. He does get the job done. I, I'm going to predict that they do better than they did last year, at least at the very least with Jimmy G at the helmet, they're going to do better than they did last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big deal today got signed. Laramie Tunsil signed in Houston, a three-year deal with worth seventy-five million, highest-paid offensive lineman, thirty million dollar signing bonus, and fifty million of the seventy-five guaranteed. Uh, they've addressed their need. Um, they, they look like, uh, they will need to protect, uh, the quarterback that they're going to bring in. And, uh, that was a, a, quite the shock that they were spending that much money on a offensive lineman, uh, millions and millions ahead of the, the second highest paid guy. Well, you know what, it, whoever they decide to, to bring in through the draft, whoever they draft, I guess they want him to, to last. They want him to survive. They don't want him just to be like, they don't want him to be like a Joe Burrow, but it's like, is there nobody blocking for me? No, there is not. Ah, and then you just, you know, just get sacked every time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be, that would be rough. Um, uh, what other news? Oh, Baker Mayfield signed a one-year, $8.5 million deal, $6.5 million guaranteed Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield for Tom Brady. Woohoo! If you're a Bucks fan, uh, geez, that's quite the drop-off. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're just like, wow, I guess uh, back to the drawing board for us. <laughs> right on. That, that's that's fantastic. That's great. Well, at least for Baker, the good thing for him is they still got all those weapons yeah. in, the, in, the, in the receiving game. So at least Baker has people to pass to. Now, I don't know how accurate he's going to be passing to them, but I guess we're going to see. We're going to find out. I was shocked that Tampa would go this route. You'd think that they would try to get somebody, Lamar Jackson. You'd think maybe Jimmy G, maybe Derek Carr, you know, maybe even go after Aaron Rodgers uh, before the, the Jets thing came to fruition. Um, it's crazy that, you know, they, they still have a ton of talent on that team, but uh, with a Baker Mayfield being your number one guy, it's almost like you're giving up. I had, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe they're looking at it going, well, we got to rebuild anyway. So let's not spend the money on, on the quarterbacking position. Let's just bring in, you know, that guy. And uh, we're going to go from there. Unreal. Yeah, I'm shocked. Uh, what 
what do we what do you see happen with Odell Beckham Jr. now? Um there's seems like a lot of teams that he was supposed to go for have been signing guys. Um do you think uh do you think he's going to get on a roster soon? Maybe maybe not. Maybe he gets on a roster uh due to injury. And also too, I, I have this sneaking suspicion that he may be asking for too much, and that's why that's why a lot of teams are passing on him. And he's I think been, I think that's what it is. He sent out a tweet today that said, I there's been rumors that I've been asking for 20 million a year. He said that's not right. He said, All I was saying that I'm not accepting four million a year. But I wasn't asking for 20. Don't know where that rumor started. So uh, obviously somebody started a rumor that he doesn't like. Not, not sure where or how that came out. But uh, you could be right. He could be asking for too much. Yeah. And then the, those teams are unwilling to pay him. Like, let's say it like I, I would imagine that Odell is probably asking for at least eight figures. So 10, 10 million and up for sure. Yeah. And then maybe maybe within the guaranteed money. He wants still close to ten million as well, guaranteed, right. and then that may be a problem for some teams. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these NFL contracts should be incentive laden. I think you know you sign a deal, you you know you get a ten million base salary or seven million base salary, and then if you reach certain amount of games, certain amount of yardage, catches, touchdowns, you know, then you can get bonuses up and up and up. I I, I see that being the wave of the future and. Prove yourself to me. You know, you just want me to hand you, you know, all this millions of dollars when you're coming off an injury, haven't played in a long time. Uh, you know, what I don't have any guarantees. This doesn't seem right for me. Why don't why don't we sign you to this deal and you know, prove yourself? And if you play great, you get a lot more money. Yeah, that is true. But you know how the players look at it. It's like, well, there's no guarantees in life, period. I want my guaranteed money now. Right. That's what Lamar, uh Lamar Jackson's doing. And all of a sudden, the market that you thought should be there for Lamar doesn't seem to be manifesting. Odd. Not one offer. Not one offer since no. uh, they tendered that uh, that deal with him. Uh, are you surprised? I'm a little bit surprised. I'm a little bit. They, they, they say that there's no collusion between owners. Sometimes I wonder. wonder about that. Yeah. Because. Why would why would the why would the Baltimore Ravens be so confident in doing what they did with Lamar saying, "Oh, so you think there's a you think there's a market out there for you? Well, go look for it then. <laughs> go for it." Yeah. It's all, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. how could they feel that confident? Weren't they a little bit nervous or did they know something that none of us know? Right. Yeah. Well, I think uh, last year's free agency period where all the money handed out to quarterbacks really changed things. Uh, when Deshaun Watson got his deal, when Russell Wilson got his big deal, I think uh, some of those deals really uh, shook up the NFL world. And a lot of them were like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we handing these quarterbacks this kind of money when you know there's no guarantee that they'll be good? And they both weren't really that good last year. No, no, they, especially with Russell Wilson, not very, not really that good at all. But I would have to argue then, Lamar Jackson is good. Yeah. I think Lamar Jackson will be good wherever the hell he goes. Right. Like that guy, you're not going to have a drop off with him, with from a former MVP and stuff. Like he, I'm, I'm sorry. The only thing that you got to worry about with Lamar Jackson is injury. Yeah. Otherwise, he's going to perform. If he's on the field, he's performing well. 
That's true. Yeah. Um, the other uh, thing that that I saw today that uh, sort of surprised me a little bit was the Dolphins decided to pick up the fifth year option on Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he has been injured every single year dating back to 2018. Uh, he's had he had ankle surgery in 2018, ankle surgery again in 2019. Uh, 2019, he also had a dislocated hip. 2020, he had a thumb injury, serious thumb injury. 2021, he had broken ribs and uh, rib injuries. 2021, he had a bad finger injury. And then he's had uh, three concussions this past year. Um, I'm kind of surprised that uh, he isn't sort of floating in the wind and uh, looking for a place to, to go because um, injury prone is is him for sure. Injury prone. He's a smaller player playing a bunch of with a, amongst a bunch of giants. It's going to happen. The only thing that I'm I'm super worried about uh, Tua is if he gets any more like concussions, yeah. any more head injuries. That yeah. dude gets any more head injuries, he then his career is going to be in jeopardy. Period. Yeah, period. Big time. Yeah, they're not going to allow him to play. Yeah. So uh, the annual league meetings begin on Friday. Uh, that usually uh, gets a lot of uh, action going. We'll see them to come together. Hopefully it doesn't get more collusion and uh, we can get actually get to see some moves. Uh, they are going to discuss extending Roger Goodell for a fourth time. Um, he has uh, had quite the interesting legacy as the uh, commissioner of the NFL. Uh, so some bad, some good. Um, 50 million a year he's making reportedly right now. Um, do you see them extending him and uh, giving him even more money? Well, I guess, how about this? If you think about where the state of the NFL is, they're still number one in sports. All the owners are making a ton of money. That's why Roger Goodell gets to make a ton of money. The NFL is successful. Yeah. Like, like bottom line, the NFL is super successful. Yeah. And they have the TV contracts to back it up. Yeah. So yes, I think they extend them again and they may even get a little bit of a bump. Let's get, you, let's get you 58 million. Huh? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Wish I could uh, trade jobs with Roger Goodell right now. Uh, that's some pretty good money. Not even having to put your brain and body on the line and you get more than any other player. That's pretty incredible. It's the right thing. That's the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by yeah. the way, my buddy's guaranteed. Guaranteed buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you are you trying to buck up to be uh, Goodell's agent right now? You're uh, saying some nice things about him. I haven't heard you say that many nice things about him in uh, our whole two years doing this. No, I know, I know. And yes, yes, that's what I'm angling for. So Roger, if you're hearing this, you need you need you need a voice. <laughs> you need to, you need somebody to say the right things about you at all times. I'm your guy. <laughs> nice. I'm your guy. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll I'll clip this and I'll I'll send it to him. See if you get some calls. <laughs> yeah. Great. That'd be great. That's awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> well, man, this was fun. Uh, thanks for doing this on your birthday and on the eve of uh, finishing work. First time you've been off of work for uh, quite a while. So, holy cow! Uh, thanks for stepping up in such a special night. Thank you, and thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun. And uh, I'm looking forward, for sure, finishing work tomorrow. 
and enjoying my time off and being like you, getting to sit back, maybe not even get out of bed and just watch some sports. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, uh, Thursday's the NCAA kicking back in. I can't wait for those games. And uh, yeah, we'll have to keep in close contact. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see it. We'll have to uh, do do a beer somewhere, do some lunch uh, coming up this uh, this coming week. It'd be great to see you. Definitely, definitely. We'll we'll talk more, but yeah, it's gonna happen. Awesome. Okay, man. All right. All the best. Uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you later on in the week. Have a great day tomorrow. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye for now. All right. Uh, wow. On Jason's birthday. Wow. Holy cow. Uh, we are privileged. Great that he was able to come in and uh, give us insight. Uh, that was a fun podcast as always. Um, yeah. Uh, great card UFC. That was awesome. Phenomenal uh, UFC card. Um, NBA down to the last three weeks of the season. Can't believe how fast it's flown. And uh, NFL, there's just been a flurry of signings and trades and interesting things coming out of the uh, yeah biggest league in North America, as always. So, um, yeah, thanks for sticking in. Appreciate your support, as always. Uh, want to uh, give a shout out to the uh, organizations that support us. Uh, anchor.fm easiest place to make a podcast phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us if you want to be involved in podcasting there's no other place to go but anchor.fm i want to mention verbero the hockey equipment and apparel company an industry leader in technology performance and value and uh, the v350 stick is a must-have uh, they are, um, yeah, they got uh, no better stick. It's so light and so powerful. Uh, Forever Living, the aloe vera company for uh, health and beauty products uh, that you can purchase products on our website at discounted rates. And Pampas and Possibilities, uh, they're great at, at uh, coming into your home and giving it uh, some West Coast feel, really nice decor. And uh, yeah, I recommend them highly. So Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button and uh, leave us some comments. Uh, We really would appreciate uh, some feedback and some support. So uh, tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, we will see you soon. Uh, Lots of podcasts coming. Uh, We've got some music ones coming, as well as a a really good opening to the baseball season coming. Uh, I'm going to have a couple of really great experts uh, joining me to Uh, give our predictions for the season ahead Uh, man we're only about 10 days away from the opening of MLB season Uh, yeah baseball classics wrapping up tomorrow night Uh, make sure you tune in that um, Japan USA game should be a classic this tournament has been amazing last few games have been so incredible and memorable Uh, I really recommend checking it out so yeah enjoy your week have a great week ahead love you guys lots take care of yourself and bye for now